the Apostle Paul wrote the Romans and he said, Even so, then at this present time, also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then is it no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then is it no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. Grace and works are mutually exclusive terms, which means they do not include each other and they're contrary to each other and cannot be combined without altering the definition of the terms. Grace does not allow for any works and works does not allow for any grace. They're mutually exclusive. And as we look at Galatians chapter 2, and the Apostle Paul makes this distinction clear in his rebuke of Peter, we are reminded of our salvation and justification before God is entirely by the grace of God through Jesus Christ and His finished work and His faithfulness, not our own. The joy that that ought to create in our hearts because of free redemption and free justification should overwhelm us and overcome all the little speed bumps that we encounter in life. That there is eternal redemption for our souls purchased exclusively by the obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ. Free to us. Expensive to God. I sent you a couple of verses yesterday afternoon. Deuteronomy chapter 28 that tells us God does not accept worship that's not done joyfully. He says, if you do not worship me and serve me with a joyful and glad heart for the abundance of all things that I have given you, I will put you into bondage and under chains until I have destroyed you. And that makes perfectly good sense to us when we're in our right minds and we think about it. If the God of heaven who owes us nothing has given us everything, He deserves a little bit of thanksgiving, praise, service, and worship. An earthly monarch would do the same. The Bible tells us that a king would not accept the halt or the lame or the, or the blind from our flocks, and neither does the Lord Jesus Christ. He expects our best. And one of the things he wants is a cheerful heart and a cheerful countenance in his service. Kings expected it, and if, they came, if you came frowning into the presence of a king, you were putting your life at risk. And when you come into the presence of the king of kings and you are frowning in your heart or on your face, you are putting yourself at risk. God owes you nothing. And if you want to come so presumptuously into His presence without joy, you take the risk of His chastening judgment if you're His child. Teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Since we assembled last, we're all a week closer to the moment of death. When we approach that moment, we know that it's imminent. It will cause us to reflect on our lives that we could go back and replay every one of these times where we had an opportunity to worship Him. Since we can't do that in that day, it's the job of these assemblies to remind us to do it today so that when we get to that day, we have a string of successful Lord's Days and other days that we've worshipped Him with our whole hearts. Let's seek to do that right now with our hearts.